0: You have meddled with the primal forces of nature!
1: Like we always do about this
0: time. This should be played at high volume. On today's episode of the Marketers with Attitudes podcast, we are going to talk about go-to-market strategy. And more specifically, how you can build a sales system that can enable you to accelerate your revenue and build your business faster So, you don't have to wait five to 10 years to have the lifestyle that you want. Simply put, today's episode is about helping you generate revenue faster. My special guest today knows exactly how to help you do that. Today, I'm interviewing perhaps one of the greatest salespeople on planet Earth. I'm talking about Eli Cohen. Eli Cohen is the former Senior Vice President of Sales Productivity at Salesforce. Eli was recognized as the 2011 top executive by Mark Benioff and credited for creating and executing all of Salesforce's sales training and coaching programs that accelerated its growth from a $500 million business to an enterprise worth more than $3 billion. Eli Cohen is currently the CEO and co-founder of Saleshood, a sales enablement software platform that helps sales teams reach their peak potential. Eli is the author of two books, He was recognized as a top innovative mover and shaker in sales leadership by Entrepreneur Magazine, and he's been recognized by LinkedIn as one of the world's top sales experts. Without further ado, let's get this interview started. It's the Marketers with Attitudes podcast, baby.
1: You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge.
0: Eli Cohn, welcome to the Marketers with Attitudes podcast. It is great to be here, thanks for hosting. Let's jump right into this, Eli. First and foremost, what the heck is sales enablement and why
1: should businesses care about sales enablement? (laughs) You know, when companies are looking to grow their businesses faster. They're looking for levers. Everybody wants to grow faster. And and a lever that has proven to be successful for the most uh, hyper-growth, most successful companies on the planet is sales enablement. And sales enablement is about getting your teams aligned on message, about getting your teams trained and coached and getting your teams to be, you know, great. at at having amazing conversations. And ultimately, it's about improving win rates, improving velocity. So if you can figure out how to enable your people, how to train your people, how to get your people selling better, faster, then then you're doing it. And, And what's amazing about sales enablement is, you know, folks used to think it's just training, like the CEOs and COOs. And, you know, you're hearing about sales enablement being talked about in earnings calls across the board. And so people need to care about it. People need to care about it if they want to achieve revenue growth at some amazing, amazing, uh, amazing growth rates. So you worked
0: hand in hand, and this is the coolest thing about you, your Salesforce history. Right. I mean, Salesforce. Who doesn't know Salesforce? They're such a juggernaut. And you were there, you sort of on the ground floor. I don't want to say ground floor, but if correct me if I'm wrong. But you took the company from what a $500 million
1: in sales company to a $3 billion Right. I was a a, a contributor in helping the company grow during those amazing years. Yes. So we talk
0: about sales enablement. That was kind of a general sales enablement definition. So working hand in hand with Mark Benioff, what did you learn while growing uh,
1: Salesforce? So uh, when you asked me the definition of sales enablement, the first word I used was alignment and aligning your people, your processes and your priorities to grow revenue faster. Right. So giving you a specific example, right. I, I can still remember, uh, getting getting uh, you know, a text from Mark and saying, hey, come to my office. And this was in the early days when we started really looking at sales enablement as a growth lever. And he would flip through his, his corporate presentation deck, walking me through the deck, walking me slide by slide. And he'd say, you know, here are the present This is what I want everyone in sales, every customer facing employee. This is what I want them talking about. This is how I want them to present our brand. And he'd go through the slides, and then he'd say, okay, your turn. Why don't you walk me through some of the slides? And and we'd kind of have a little bit of back and forth. And he'd say, great, now, now it's your job to go and train and certify every customer-facing employee. You have 30 days go. So that's something very specific that CEOs, CROs, and CMOs can take away right now. You want to grow your, your revenue faster? you got to get everybody aligned. How are you going to get everybody aligned? Get them aligned on your core messages. And I built a business around that with Salesforce to deliver messaging alignment at scale, just like we did at Salesforce, but now companies can do it, you know, at a, in a very scalable way, using technology, video and, 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 and peer-to-peer feedback. How's that as an example?
0: That's a great example, man. And, and, and when we talk about it, cause your book is called enablement mastery. And I think you were kind of slick there to remove the sales from the enablement mastery. So, Should we think about enablement? We're not thinking about just sales, because I think this is what's confusing a lot of people. When I talk to business owners or prospects, they think that I'm just talking about their sales force, their sales team. But when we think about enablement, we should be thinking about more of an
1: organizational change, a culture shift. Correct? Absolutely. You know what? We were fortunate at Salesforce to have a leader like Mark who had a vision for enabling his organization. And, and even, you know, you go back a couple of months and he was talking on CNN about number one priority for Salesforce is enabling all their employees and partners and customers. Right. So this is something that is, is at the C level. If I look at ring central, right ring central is someone that we work very closely with. Siobhan Thatcher is an amazing leader, spectacular. And, and, and why am I bringing this up? You know, she is, she's responsible for, enablement across the company. And so I did debate on the book, sales enablement mastery, sales enablement this, and ultimately... You know, I looked at the data, I looked at the impact, I looked at the companies that were really being the most successful, and, and it became very apparent to me. You need complete alignment across all business units, across all departments, sales, marketing, customer service, customer success, product. Everybody needs to be aligned on the vision of what good enablement looks like, because everybody plays a role, right? You can't just Sales train people and enable them and think that's it. Where's the content coming from? How are you going to deliver an amazing customer experience post-sales? You know, and, and how are the product managers creating content and features that are aligned, right? So when we say alignment, it's really this kind of like visceral thing that companies need to really comprehend. And it starts with the CEO and it goes across the entire leadership team and then it goes top down and bottom up. That's why the book is called Enablement Mastery. I appreciate you picking it up. And I know you read the book and and you saw a whole bunch of examples in there, but it does take, it does take buying, right? And you need to have a complete leadership team that believes that enablement is a cultural transformation that needs to be embraced by the entire organization. So let's talk about buying for a second. Okay. So
0: you're a C-suite guy. I mean, you're at the top of the mountain. I'm dealing with more SMEs, right? You're dealing with the titans of industry. But someone like myself, help me, if you will, try to explain this idea of enablement to small and mid-sized companies and and as a side note do you think that small and mid-sized businesses should be utilizing enablement the same way that you did let's say with Salesforce or at Saleshood
1: Saleshood is a purpose-built all-in-one sales enablement platform and it's and it, and for many of our companies regardless of the size uh, the enablement is is super interesting because it's cross-company enablement. We've got examples of companies that are using it not just for sales, right? Almada Health uses it across the entire enterprise. RingCentral actually uses a version of saleshood. They call it skillshood across the whole company, right? And so um, when we talk about enablement and when we talk about Uh, you know, how do you get a company? How do you get leadership to buy in? I think you really need, you really need to, you know, you you remember that movie with with, uh, Tom Cruise and Cuba Gooding Jr. where they said, show me the money. You've got to demonstrate the ROI, and that ROI needs to be grounded in benchmark information around the productivity lifts and the productivity improvements that you want to have across the company. And it's not just sales productivity. There are productivity lifts that can happen uh, for customer support people, for customer success people. Even product managers can release products feature with tighter alignment with the sales team. So I think the way to get buy-in for enablement as a growth lever for a company is to identify where you want to see the growth happen, benchmark, the organ- define the metrics and the KPIs that are important to the stakeholders, and then benchmark where you are today, and then look to enablement programs, enablement processes that can give you those those little boosts and those lifts. And so regardless of the size of company you are, enablement is going to mean something different to you, regardless of the size of company. Small companies are going to focus in on on different set of things to enable versus large companies. Small companies are going to focus on building culture. They're going to focus on kind of building product market fit. They're going to focus on, on, on just getting kind of those early adopters in the market. Very different Then a a multinational large company that wants to build like an academy and a university, right? And so those are very different kinds of enablement, but they're both going to have the same result. They're going to both lift some measure of productivity across a variety of different stakeholders, depending on what they're trying to do. What do you think? (laughs)
0: a <laughs> great answer, great answer. <laughs> Tell me about saleshood and how you came up with it, but then just let me also add the thing that I really like about what you've done with saleshood is you've taken it from just a metrics idea to a storytelling idea. Mm. So for, for to give you an example, I, I met a prospect maybe a year ago and we kicked it off well. I left his office and he said, "You know, shoot me an email. I expect to hear from you. Shot him an email, shot him several emails, never heard from him. Saw, I happened to see him again in New York City, uh, maybe a year and a half, 18 months later. And he said to me, what happened? And I said, what do you mean? I emailed you. Yeah, he, and then, you know, he, he's a busy guy. One of those guys that you meet who half knows who you are, half doesn't know who you are. Maybe he knows your name, kind of knows your name, kind of knows your face. And it was a situation where I learned that from that point on, whenever I leave a prospect's office, if I know he or her is busy, I will now tell them what to expect in the the email subject line Mm -hmm. so that they know that it's me who's emailing them, right? Right. And what I like about saleshood is I could take a tidbit like that and tell my team, look, don't walk out of somebody's office assuming that they're going to remember you even if they tell you that they want an email, make sure you walk out of there and let them know what they can expect in the subject
1: line. So they'll remember you. Right, right. That's a great example. It's a, it's a very specific example. And, uh, and, and, and I like it. So your question is, tell me a little bit about saleshood, And, and, uh, you know, you said from metrics, to storytelling, it's interesting. You know, I, I, uh, we actually, Listen. We always knew that data was a big reason why uh, a saleshood and a sales enablement platform and, and what we're delivering to market is is a big is a big megatrend, right? There's a the megatrend of data. There's a megatrend of video. There's a megatrend of social peer-to-peer feedback, right? Those are just three big, big, big trends. Uh, mobile was another one, right? Uh, that kind of really kind of anchored my co-founder Arthur and I around. Hey, let's. Let's start a company that delivers enablement at scale. Initially, it was about storytelling, right? And, and storytelling was defined as, hey, listen, we're going to have an idea. We're going to have a best practice. We're going to have some tips. And as a frontline manager or as an enablement manager, as a VP sales I'm going to grab my, my mobile phone. I'm going to record that story. I'm going to record that tip. I'm going to record that experience that I had. And the reason why I'm recording it is, A, I want to get it in everyone's hands quickly. But more importantly, I want to know everybody's watched the story. So I want to see the data. I want to track that they've watched it. And then I want to get people, I want to hear feedback. So what did you think? Right. So there's that conversation, right? And, and then I want to give folks a little bit of a practice where I want them to, to practice perhaps telling me their version of a story that they've they've had maybe they can share some insight maybe maybe they can even apply it to a real deal right so i want to be able to practice i want them to apply it then i want to assess how they're applying that tip or that story to a situation uh, and then then i want to correlate it to performance data and say hey guess what I recorded this story on this amazing tip of a subject line. Everyone watched the video. Everybody talked about how they're going to apply it to their deals, to their prospects, to their wins. Then they practiced their versions. They shared, see, it's an entire process. And then I can correlate the impact of that little tip to pipeline because I benchmarked information into win rates, right? That's an example, but that's what enablement does, but it starts with the idea. It starts with that best practice and and video storytelling is a great way to do it. And I think what's unique about what we're doing and I appreciate you asking is there are a lot of systems out there that are more like a learning management system. Do this, do that, do a quiz, do a test, check a box, you're done. That's not enablement you know, kind of checkbox enablement never works. Compliance-based enablement is just kind of, that's what you do for harassment training. That's what you do for security training. Enablement needs to be collaborative, rich with stories. It needs to be all about practice, 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 and it needs to be peer-to-peer. And it's 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 so different. So stories are so core to what we're trying to accomplish with enablement and telling stories. Let me ask you, what do you think
0: a great salesperson in today's market, mm. what are the skills that they must possess? And maybe more to the point when you're yeah. looking to hire somebody at SalesHood,
1: what do you look for in a great salesperson? I love the question. And, and clearly there is no single profile. Every company, every industry is different, uh, but there are, there are some basic attributes skills that are important to me personally and important to our company and important to our go-to-market right you know think about it we're an early stage company we're creating a category uh we have you know pretty stiff competition and and differentiation needs to come in the way that we are doing consultative value-based selling so you know i'm looking for sellers that are curious i'm looking for sellers that can that are conversational i'm looking for sellers that can tell great stories i'm looking for sellers that are super professional the way that they handle pre during and post meeting follow-ups, right? So your simple idea of, uh, you know, a subject line that anchors around a key discovery that you made in a first call. So there's something memorable, like that is super creative and it's, it's the art of selling, right? You know, and, and so I want someone consultative, someone creative, someone who's a great communicator, someone who's disciplined about the follow-up, right? So for example, when I'm interviewing, Hey, if I don't get that meeting follow-up in an email, uh, that same day and you're saying you're saying something to me like hey josh thanks a lot for taking the time to meet with me today i'm really looking forward to seeing how how we can work together and see if i can work at saleshood if you're not even taking the time to do that like are you going to take the time to do that after a meeting with a customer probably not right and and taking a step further handwritten thank you notes right the professionalism and and uh, the art of that those are some of the skills right and i'm going to say again curiosity you got to be asking questions because, because that's the only way you're going to really add value and, and help. Because ultimately when you're selling, you may or may not be a good fit for the buyer, right? And, and the best outcome is, is, is if you can find out earlier, sooner or later, that you're not a good fit. And you're never going to find that out unless you ask some real questions, thoughtful questions, and get to a mutual understanding. Because, like, Josh, if you're selling to me or I'm selling to you, and at the end of the day, you know, we do a couple calls and we come to the conclusion that, you know what, this isn't a good fit. But in the future, isn't that a lot better than you buying, it not working, and then finding out six months later that, like, I wish I would have known, I'm the expert, I'm the consultant. If I'm selling to you, you sh- I should guide. I should be a guide during this process. Those are some of the skills and attributes that I look for when I'm when I'm interviewing salespeople. And I think, frankly, anyone in B two B SaaS, B two B SaaS, when you're in a competitive marketplace, those are the skills that you got to be great at. Great answer,
0: uh, <laughs> great answer. Uh, you know, this was one that just came to my mind. But what yeah. is the greatest challenge you have right now selling saleshood? Because you, like you mentioned, you are in a competitive market. What do we have? We
1: have high spot. Sure, there's high spot. We have seismic. seismic. If you add up all my competitors, they've raised one point five billion dollars of VC money. Woo. We are a self-funded company. <laughs> We're cash flow positive. I'm so, so it's amazing what we've accomplished. But it's a it's a competitive marketplace and they've raised a boatload of money. Oh. Not only that, you're in what I would consider it a new space though.
0: So how yeah. are you how are you educating buyers in a new space? Because you're in an interesting position, right? If I'm a donut salesman or I'm a um I'm selling another I'm a selling widget. another a widget or CRM, widget. you know what that is. But you're in a new space. So talk to me about your content approach, because when I go to your site, you do content just as good, if not better than anybody. You have you have a course, you have webinars, you have videos, you have blog posts, you've written books, so talk to me about sort of your content philosophy, because you have a lot
1: of groundwork to do. There's a lot of people that don't even know what the heck enablement is. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting. I think at a macro level, as a, you know, as an organization trying to create a category, we need to ensure that we are defining what the category looks like. And, uh, and, and we have to do it without a lot of the same money that our competitors have. And so our content, like when folks, when I speak to marketing folks, or I speak to marketing agencies that want to work with us, I thinks we're, we're so much bigger than we are. And, and it's because we have a very loud voice around thought leadership. And uh, and I appreciate you recognizing all the things that we've done. Like content marketing is, is our primary marketing differentiator. All the great content that's, and the content is coming from a great source. We've got an amazing community. We've got loyal customers like the Siobhan's of the world, the Callies from Domo. Like these are amazing companies that are doing great work with us who are willing to share their stories. And we want to share their story so we're listening we're asking questions we're curious not just in the pre-sales but also in the post sales so we can extract the goodness and then figure out how we can tell that story more broadly and so we are telling we're sharing the insights we're 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 delivering kind of material around blogs and courses and absolutely yeah written a couple books i wrote the books because i needed a way to amplify the message and to and to help shape the enablement world and sales enablement, because, you know, I'll tell you, seismic and high spot, you know, they're doing great things, slightly different definition of what sales enablement is compared to how we define it, right? And you speak to Gartner, you speak to Forrester, they also have slightly different definitions. So I, I would kind of compare us to the early days of marketing automation, where there are so many companies, so many different folks that are making different definitions and, and, the, and the end-to-end landscape of what enablement is and what sales enablement is, is still being formed just like marketing automation was being formed 20 to 25 years ago so content is king we've got to provide thoughtful insightful content we've got to build community we've got to ensure that people see value because what's happening with us people love our content we we actually have a field we have a flag on on our contact record which loves our content not ready to buy now right but it's okay we're going to continue to nurture them because they always come back and they're like you know we tried out your competitor it didn't quite work we keep seeing your stories we keep seeing you post stuff on linkedin we keep getting invited to your webinars we love multipliers like okay we're ready to dig in now and those are it's a very very big source for us of of pipeline and leads or the folks that come back after engaging with our content and so we're being super smart i hired a vp marketing to help scale this fred herman he's he's amazing and he's building a layer of scale around our outbounding and our nurturing of our install base excuse me nurturing of our of, our, of all these contacts and prospects so that we can uh, keep everyone warm but do it in a professional way that doesn't uh, feel spammy if that makes sense
0: Yeah, and you might have an advantage, I think, over some of the other competitors because you're actually the face of the company. I think what stands out, and no disrespect to the high spot CEO, great, great leader, uh, and they all are. But I feel like you, at your core, you have been in the trenches as a salesperson. You Mm -hmm. really know what that's like. And you can empathize with people who you're trying to serve in a way that maybe your competitors can't. So that's not really a question. It's more of just a comment that I think that your personal brand shines on, uh, sales hood a little bit differently.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, what is the, what, what do we hear in our, in our surveys? What does the market tell us, uh, you know, humbly speaking, I need to get out there more. I need to speak more. I need to share more insights. And, you know, I did spe- 16 speaking engagements in the last 90 days since I've hired a VP marketing. And uh, and it's because we got to amplify the message. And uh, listen, Doug's an amazing CEO. I've spoken to Doug over at Seismic. Huge respect for Doug. Uh, and, and as well, Highspot. And they're all great leaders. It's been super interesting in the last eight years to be able to have a strong point of view and enablement and to be regarded as a thought leader and at the same time being a CEO of a company trying to launch and 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 define a market and and having created saleshood, like the, the the platform. It's uh it's a it's it's super I don't even know how to describe it. It's super fun. I love it. It's what gets me going every day, but uh it is a differentiator and and uh and and back to your Back to your original question, the biggest challenge is amplifying the message and amplifying the definition of what great sales enablement looks like, because we know what great looks like. And we know when companies follow our philosophy, apply our principles, and use our technology to deliver amazing revenue outcomes. If they just follow the steps that we say and the system will guide them, they always do, they always do great. And uh, but how do I get every CEO to wake up in the morning and go, I have a revenue problem? Oh my God, I need sales. Like uh, that's my, that's 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 everyone's problem, but I I I want to get that message out, and you're helping me. You really are helping, and I thank you very much for inviting me to your podcast. It really means a lot to me.
0: Thank you. Uh, this next one, you you've asked it, but you asked Jaco Van de Koy. I asked Yeah Siobhan Thatcher, but I gotta ask. Because the vaccines are rolling out. I think people are getting a taste of normalcy. So you know what I'm going to ask you? Is virtual selling here to stay?
1: Absolutely. The idea that we can make our buying process more efficient by streamlining steps, you know, why wait a month? to have a decision uh, of making, you know, a meeting with the decision committee when we can bring everyone virtually next week or tomorrow, right, so we can compress sales cycles. There are things that normally would take weeks to schedule and don't make, doesn't necessarily make sense to always do in person, uh, absolutely. I think sellers, our sales teams, our customer success folks, any customer facing employee needs to ask themselves is, is what we're about to ask our customer or what we're gonna do, can we do it virtually? And do we need to do some? Some things will always will always want to be doing in person, right? There are things that make sense, but I think I think we got to get better at being smarter at making, uh, you know, putting some of the steps to become virtual. So absolutely, you know, it's we're never going to go back to hundred percent. Like we went hundred percent virtual. Now we're going to find this new medium, this new the new middle ground, but uh, super. It'll be interesting to see what the future holds. But if you're a salesperson or you're a sales manager or you're a sales organization and you haven't cracked the code yet on, on elements of your of your, of your your sales process and your buying journey that need to be virtual, uh, you haven't documented them, you haven't enabled your teams, you haven't enabled your buyers, you're going to miss out because you're going to not be as efficient as your competitors. Give me one sales book that everyone should read before they die. Oh my God, I love it! So clearly, you got to read my books, uh, and and there are a lot of great book authors out there, and, and I love them all dearly. Uh, I think uh, the one book that if you are in SaaS sales and you're and you're running a SaaS sales company or you're running a SaaS sales team, you really want to understand kind of the origins of SaaS. You got to read Benioff's Behind the Cloud, right? I think he's got a bunch of plays in there that you can open it up and like how to do this, how to do that, how to win customers, how to delight your customers, how to win business, how to close mega deals, You know, I think, I think that's, that's a must read. Anyone in tech, you got to read Mark Daniels behind the cloud.
0: Let me jump into the Keanu Reeves round. We're at 430, the 30 minute mark. The Keanu Reeves round. Keanu Reeves starred in the action thriller Speed back in 1994. Now I could call this the speed round, but I'm not going to. This is the Keanu Reeves round. Eli, I'm going to say a person, place, thing, idea, concept, and you're just going to give me a brief reply. Okay. (laughs) 2021.
1: Optimism. I think, uh, bright, shining future, uh, growth, abundance, uh, is when I think of 2021, I think, wow, we're, we're, we're this is going to be a, a huge mega year. The American dream, the American dream. You know, I, uh, I always think apple pie. I just, I don't know why I American dream apple pie, but, uh, listen, I'm, I've been here 20 years, And, and, and here I am and, and I founded a company and, uh, and, and I've, I've, I am the dream. I am the American dream, right? You can, you can come to a country with, with an idea, with a vision, and, and you can ultimately have some success and start a company and, and really, you know. Make the American dream your dream is is uh, is my advice to folks. But uh, I love it and do it with an apple pie with a little thing of vanilla ice cream on top, Richie Cunningham style. Where is your favorite place in the world? Oh wow!
0: Location, location. Place you've traveled to could be where you live now
1: yeah now, I love San Francisco, my family, my wife, my kids. We love being here. Uh, a couple spots are really special to me. And uh, first, down in uh, Patagonia, in the uh, Chile Argentina uh, area, my wife and I, uh, after we got engaged, we decided to take a nice trip and we went we went hiking through the uh, the W circuit in Patagonia, and that was a special few days. and uh, we can't wait to take the kids down there. And that's one special part of the world, like Argentina, Patagonia. Uh, chili, that whole it's spectacular. The other part, I went diving with my dad recently in Belize, and uh, you know, I, I, um, Really cherished the time that he and I had. He's still alive and uh, and amazing, and I speak to him all the time. But uh, you know, and that happened right before COVID, so like in the November December time period before the pandemic. And so I, I still have those pictures on my phone, and uh, and I can assure you, I'm going back there with the kids and my wife and my father. But uh, it's a beautiful part of, of the Caribbean, uh, uh, of Central America, Belize, uh, and uh, and we went down there. So those are two parts. I've been really fortunate. You know, the Middle East is spectacular. I've traveled all throughout there and Greece. Greece. Is, but those are my two, like, like I got to get back there quickly because I miss, I miss traveling. One
0: last thing. If you have, if you could give one piece of advice to an entrepreneur right, right. now, what would that be? A lot of these smaller entrepreneurs, they've been
1: rattled. So, what is your one piece of it? Yeah, you got to you got to solve a real problem, and and that problem needs to be tied to revenue, and uh, and don't try and solve all the problems. Solve a single problem, solve it well, and solve enough of it that gets you revenue. So you've got enough of a of an MVP, a minimal viable product, so that way you can build a real business around it. You know, we we founded SalesHood uh, with with our own money, with customer funded, without raising a lot of VC. We barely raised. Is anything and and really we're we're super proud of what we've accomplished. And it's possible. It's possible to found real companies, turn them into high growth machines, have them be cash flow positive, uh, and you can do it with the right idea, and it's got to solve a real problem. That's my advice. Eli Cohn, thank you for being on the Markers with Attitudes
0: podcast. I appreciate your time, man. Great to be here. Great interview. Thank you so much, Josh. Thank you so much, Eli. I want to thank Eli Cohen for being a guest on the Marketers with Attitudes podcast, and I want to thank you for listening. If this podcast delivered any value to your life, please like, subscribe on any of your podcast listening platforms, or um, just tell somebody else about this podcast. I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening and take care. Bye-bye.